we want to get deep. If you want to be successful in a new year's resolution or any sort of change, you want to really get to what is the core of you and allow that to be your driver and allow that to pull you to the behaviors that are helpful to align with that value. Hey, all of you body, mind, soul seekers. This is your doctor, Dr. Body, Mind, Soul to expand the collective consciousness of the body-mind-soul connection so we can all learn to live a truly healthy life. Let's dive in. Jamie Booth Jenkins is our behaviour change specialist who lives in Nova Scotia, Canada. Jamie brings a lifetime of experience and a formal education in social work, applied positive psychology and the neuroscience of mental health with a particular interest in addictions. So welcome, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. We're we're at the season where we want to make some changes in our lives. And I want to know what do you consider when setting New Year's resolutions and how do we set ourselves up for success? That's a really great question. And I think we're a little bit into it. So some people may have already started failing at their New Year's resolutions. Um, I'll get to how to deal with that. But to start, sitting down and really considering why you want to make a resolution is a very good first start to making sure that you're successful in it. The why rather than the what sounds to me like important. It is. It is. And sometimes that can be hard. So you can start with the what. If it comes across your mind, you can be like, okay, I think I should go to the gym more. Okay, well, why do I do I think I should go to the gym more? And then here's where we're going to channel our inner four-year-old because we're not just going to stop at that first why because that first why is pretty obvious. It's like, well, I want to lose weight. Okay, well, why do you want to lose weight? And it's like, well, this is where it starts to get more deep and more into the core of what's driving it. Do you want to lose weight because you your health or are you just doing it because you think that society thinks that you should look a certain way. So what is driving that behavior? And if you get down to that, it becomes a lot simpler to actually follow through on it because you're like, okay, I'm going to the gym because I actually found after my whys that I deeply care and deeply value my health. And I'm going to put that forward for me this year. Yeah, it sounds like you're yeah you're really getting to really connect with your values, to really connect with what's important to you and making mm-hmm. sure it's coming from you. Yeah, we want to get deep. If you want to be successful in a New Year's resolution or any sort of change, you want to really get to what is the core of you and allow that to be your driver and allow that to pull you to the behaviors that are helpful to align with that value. I can tell you about the worst resolution I ever made. I did the 30-day yoga challenge. By the end of those 30 days, I hated yoga and have not been back since because it wasn't about the experience for me. It was about putting a tick on a calendar. Whereas if I had said, I want to see how many days I can do yoga in a row for, that would have been way more fun, probably would still be practicing yoga. And I may have a 30 day, 100, 365 day a year practice. But because I framed it in that kind of negative, like bar marking way. When you turn an intention into a have to, then it's, it almost gives you a, a stick to beat yourself with. 
And let's be honest, we don't need any more sticks to beat ourselves up with. We are very good at it. And that tends to be the thing that gets in the way of our actual behavior change. The biggest reason that people fail at their resolutions is that they hold themselves to an impossible standard of being perfect at it or making that change immediately or seeing results instantaneously when if we're gentle with ourselves and we're saying, okay, these things are going to take time and I'm not going to be perfect at it. It gives us permission to be human, which makes it a lot easier to change your behavior. I mean, I guess like the, the tricky part is there's part of you that does need to be kind to yourself, but then there's also the need to cultivate discipline in some way. So how, how, how do you Yeah, how do you negotiate that? Practice. I frame it as practice because practice is something that you have to do if you if you want to become good at something, but it's a place for you to experiment as well. So when you do come off and you you hit that thing and you're not beating with your stick, the other extreme, of course, is just completely letting yourself off the hook and going back to the behaviors. So that's why I think planning for those failures is essential. So in the addictions world, when people are going through treatment, They don't just get sent out into the world after they've learned a little bit about themselves. They plan for it. They say, okay, where am I going to get hung up? Where is this going to be a challenge for me? And what am I going to do when it becomes a challenge? Who am I going to call? Do I have somebody that holds me accountable? Do I have to plan to avoid some of these situations? It's not about um, letting yourself off the hook, but evaluating it and saying, okay, I stopped. Okay, let's reconnect with my why. Maybe I fell off because my what and my how isn't aligned with my life. This is unrealistic. So maybe the what is the problem, but stepping back and into your why and saying, okay, I've fallen off. Why? Um, first of all, the, that, that first why is why did I fall off? So is it that thing? And second of all, why am I t- undertaking this behavior change? And then maybe also recommitting and saying, okay, like it's not, I've, I've accepted that I fell off and just kind of allowing yourself to move on. Smooth water has never made skilled sailors. And it's, it is these blips. It is these times we fall off that we learn more about ourselves and we learn more about what is going to throw us off, but also what's going to pull us through. So what are those strengths that are making me successful? And in the addictions world, we I always say, you know what, relapses are not really relapses. They're just slick. It doesn't negate all the things that you did. If I had gone to 29 days of yoga and missed that 30th day, do I miss out on the benefit of the 29? No, I <laughs> still got all that benefit. Um, so it's just that reframe for yourself you have to start where you are. You can't start 10 steps ahead. And I think often we want to be 10 steps ahead and that often prevents us from starting. And to be fair, behavior change is hard because our brains really like taking paths of least resistance and the well-trodden path is the one it's going to take. So you're fighting against your natural biology when you're doing this. So it's going to be difficult. 
what's the smallest step that I can take towards that? We tend to try to like go for the big thing, but it's like, okay, like the 30 days of yoga, it's like, well, what's the smallest thing? Well, I can get up in the morning and stretch today. So these little tiny things, we don't have to do it quickly. And then I think the other, the last thing that would really set us up for success is finding somebody or a community that can support you in that. We're humans. We're not meant to be in isolation. We're meant to be in community. And so relying on that is helpful. And I've been working in the behavior change through addictions because it tends to be kind of the extreme. It is a, it is a behavior change that uh, people externally look at and it's like, yeah, you, you probably should do that. So I think the best way to describe it is as a learned behavior. So actually, I, I learned this myself through Dr. Mark Lewis, who himself is a neuroscientist who himself had a pretty significant um, heroin addiction as he was going through his psychology training. He was meant to be giving the heroin to the rats. He did not do so. So he eventually came out of it. And now he has started to study what is actually happening in the brain. And what he posits and proposes is that when we do things, how our brain works is through a reward system. So if I go out and I find a source of food, my brain gives me a little bump so that I learn that when I do this, I get food, I get a bump. And then we repeat, repeat, repeat. And just like walking on a field of snow. You're going to walk on those paths that you've taken before. And the more you walk on them, the deeper they get. And that's really what's happening with addiction is that generally people just don't start being addicted to things. They, they learn that they get some sort of benefit from it. So social drinking is a great example of that. Some people say, I, I, I just really can't go out with my friends. It's just a lot easier if I have that drink. So what they're saying to me is that they have some social anxiety in which they feel they cannot be themselves out in public. What helps them is having a drink. Now they've learned that when I feel social anxiety, I have a drink and that's alleviated. Your brain is like, well, that's a great thing. I don't like feeling anxious and all I have to do is have a drink. Well, the next time I feel some sort of anxiety, the brain's going to be like, you know what actually helps that is that drink. And that happens more and more and more. And then because you've taken that pathway so many times, it just becomes habit. You don't even think anymore. You're not like, oh, I need a drink to be social. It's just, I'm drinking now. It always starts off as having some sort of benefit. And, and I think there are a lot of ways that we, that we come at our relationship with substance and we can, it, it doesn't necessarily also have to be a substance like alcohol or drugs. We can get addicted to sex. We can get addicted to video games, TV. There's so many things that food, we can have a food addiction. So there's so many things that you wouldn't argue that food isn't inherently beneficial to us. We have to ingest food, but it's the relationship with that food. So it goes back to that initial question why? Why am I reaching for this, for this drink? And, but sometimes the substance is the easier, faster way. However, it is not the only way to overcome that challenge. And I think that's the key is that 
there are benefits to everything. But when we start moving and having that be our only go-to, or we lose the ability to see another option, or we're doing it unconsciously, so without, not unconsciously, I like saying mindlessly. Yeah, mindlessly. There you go. Yeah, if we're if we're not engaging that prefrontal cortex, that front thinking part of our brain, then we're just going by habit and that's probably where our challenges are going to come. Um, a skill that can be useful is when you do find yourself like, oh, I could really use a drink after today. Today was a long day and I could really use a glass of wine or a pint to get over it. I'm not judging that. It's fine. But before you do that, maybe give yourself a pause and engage some of that frontal part of your brain so that it isn't that habitual, I've had a bad day, I'm going to grab that glass of wine. It's, okay, I've had a bad day. I want to grab that glass of wine, but I'm going to do these the three Ds. I'm going to delay. So I'm not going to immediately grab. I have the craving. I want the wine. I'm immediately going and pouring the glass. Instead, I'm going to say, I'm going to give myself 10, 15 minutes and reevaluate if that's, that's what I'm going for. So I'm first, I'm going to delay, then I'm going to distract myself. Probably most helpfully, something physical, doing the dishes, folding laundry, going for a walk, something that gets you into your body and out of your brain. And then I'm going to decide, okay, my time limit is up. I've done the thing. Do I still want that glass of wine? The answer may very well be yes go ahead. If it's yes and you think you're trying to change that behavior, try the three Ds again. Okay, I'll do it again and I'll check in. Or just have the glass of wine. Giving yourself that space and checking in with, is this what I want? Is it just a thing that I do every day? Um, And then just giving yourself a little bit more opportunity to have an informed decision can really help. From my own experience, just even creating the space to recognize the emotional state that is that is calling me to whatever substance I'm feeling called to was really helpful just to gain an awareness that actually I'm seeking a change of state Mm -hmm. and that's what's driving me to, to the substance. So that's really, I like that. I like that change of state idea. Anytime we learn about ourselves and our internal states and, and the things that lie beneath that like they call it in psychology like in that black box like the part of that we can't access consciously it's windows into that um and that's always going to be valuable and i think it's really that deep answer and you say like checking in and saying like am i happy making sure that that answer is really true it takes a little bit of a of a deep soul search to be like you know what no and, and I think that it's, it does come down to the individual. And I think in general, when people are successful at coming out the other side of their addiction, however they choose to do so, the research that has been done shows that purpose in life, that meaning, close relationships with others are the commonalities that people find pull them through the other side of that addiction. And I feel like if we were able to put strong enough 
study and research dollars behind it, we may find that purpose and meaning is the mechanism of change for uh, recovery. Like I said, our brains learn through that reward system and through that hit of dopamine that we get when something good happens. It feels good. And when you take steps that are in line with your true purpose or in line with your soul or in line with your vision, it feels good. And if it feels good, you're more likely to do it again. Thank you so, so much, Jamie, for your wisdom on behavior change and how we can apply, how we can all apply the same principles to our lives and we're setting a new New Year's resolutions. It has been my absolute pleasure. I, I love being able to talk about this and, and to bring more awareness and hopefully spur some some conversation or some more thought um yeah and i guess it really comes down to ice cube being right you have to check yourself before you wreck yourself thank you so much jamie thank you thank you so so much for joining me today if you have any questions relating to this episode or you have a topic you would like me to explore on the next podcast shoot me a DM on Instagram at Dr. Body Mind Soul. 